And welcome back, everybody. Coming up this week on Newsreel, um, Jew Tunnels, Miami Alien Invasion, um, mm-hmm. Picket. It's, I know it sounds like the weekly world news, but you know this is the world we're living in now. Um, Eternal Friendship Pact signed between UK and Ukraine. Um, <clears throat> what happened to... U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, seriously? Complications from surgery? I don't think so. Um, Hunter Biden showed up in Congress. Did you see that? And he ran out of there, hightailed it. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Seriously. And, oh, oh, just breaking news today. U.S. Navy SEALs have gone missing Mm -hmm. somewhere off Somalia. Wow. Somewhere off Somalia, but... They actually in in the articles, don't they say it's in? Uh, I mean, not, I suppose it's the same, but they say specifically the Gulf of Aden. So, uh, saying it's off Somalia is sounds the way they say it is um, is an attempt to kind of like distance it. Uh, oh yeah, from from. But then anybody who has a passing awareness of uh, of the global map, you know, would know that well. Somalia technically is you know. Off Somalia is the Gulf of Aden anyway, right? Um, but they don't want to say the Gulf of Aden because maybe people know that's off the coast of Yemen, but then Somalia is also off the coast of Yemen. Anyway, look at the map uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, the Houthis hit a ship, didn't they? When? That's what happened. Uh, that's surely what that is. It's possible that, that they hit some kind of a... You know, Navy SEALs were maybe in some kind of a patrol boat or something like that, and it was, yeah, maybe hit with a drone or something like that. I mean, the, the cover-up in this kind of stuff is pathetic. You know, America is so precious about its about its military prowess, and it's, like we've said so many times in the show, is that, you know, over the past, <coughs> you know, well, most of the past, let's say, I don't know, 80 years since the Second World War, America has ruled ruled the world and ruled the waves and ruled the air and all that kind of stuff. At least, hmm... In terms of its military power, fifty uh, percent of it, let's say at least fifty percent of it, is through is propaganda. You know, uh, look how powerful we are. Uh, of course, they, you know, never really. America hasn't hasn't fought a peer uh, enemy uh, in its modern history. Uh, in the last since well since the Second World War, it, has, it hasn't fought a peer enemy, and so it hasn't actually fought on its own against a peer enemy or a near peer enemy, ever. Uh, so, by definition, all of its you know supposed clout and prowess and that kind of stuff is all only theoretical, um, uh, and they know that, and they, that's why they go to those lengths of hiding any uh, damage they they take or any 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 defeats. Uh, because they know that their reputation as big bad America is is very important, but only as a reputation, you know, and it's also very fragile. Which is why, of course, that they're um, you know they tend to fight. Uh, they want to fight Russia. They don't want to fight Russia directly because they're a peer peer competitor. Um, so they use some other country to do it. You know, it's proxy war all the way, um, unless it's a situation where you can just send a bunch of troops into a third world country or, or a developing country that has no real significant military. Uh, capability like Iraq, for example, um, but that's as far as they went in Iraq. 
wasn't really everywhere else. It was some form of <coughs> proxy war or standoff war. So America is a coward. Like like most bullies, they're ultimately a, they're ultimately a coward, and they're so fragile in their perception of themselves and their own um, you know invincibility that they have to hide every possible even little thing to get you know. You know, you're, you're, you're act, you're, you've got some coalition of the willing going on down in, to protect the world, uh, protect world prosperity. What's called prosperity guardian? This this coalition of uh, yeah. multiple states, which basically is the UK and the US, um, and they're down there, and they're you know, they've been cruise missiling uh, Yemen, and obviously, so they're directly in the line of fire. And when two little Navy SEALs happen to in this case, probably get taken out, they immediately have to cover it up and say, they went missing. Maybe maybe one of them fell off the boat and then Navy protocol is that you have to save the guy who fell off. So <laughs> the other guy jumped in you, you, and now they can't find them. You should state that that's the actual Associated Press readout. Yeah. The, the SEALs were on an interdiction mission climbing up a vessel when one got knocked off by high waves. Under their protocol, when one seal is overtaken, the next jumps in after him. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. I mean, that may be true, but that—that's a—that's that's like obviously a soppy Hollywood type, our boys, you know, story. That's—I mm. doubt it's even two. Look, it could be more. Yeah. In, when Iran fired the missiles mm. at U.S. bases in Iraq yeah. in 2020. Was it twenty? Just before COVID, it's crazy how close that was. January twenty twenty. Just before a pandemic, the world it was so, really so, was near. After Soleimani. After Soleimani, they they said it was fine. Initial report, no harm, Con- unharmed. Con- We're fine. <clears throat> then they said, well, actually, later, like four weeks later, there might have been a few injuries. Yeah, so ten injuries. Concussion. Well, then two days later, 12, and next week later, 16. It went on for months until May when they finally gave a total of 100 and something. All injured, mind you. There were no deaths. They're all concussed. 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 Just a bit of a headache. It shook their heads a bit. But they all had to be flown. Yes, they had to be flown. Emergency flights to Germany, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That was, I'm pretty sure some of them were killed. For concussion. I mean, it's often the case that when someone comes into the doctors or the hospital with a possible concussion, uh, they immediately uh, mobilise all resources and, if necessary, uh, an airlift. An to, airlift out to, 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 spe- to, to specialist, hospi- specialist hospitals, yeah. That always happens with concussion. So anyway, we're just obviously talking uh, We're just uh, talking, talking shit here about America because it's, you know, it's, it's just bullshit. It's utter bullshit. I'm I'm not talking shit. I'm talking shit about the news. You're talking shit about America, though, as well. Associated Press, that's like cover-up. Well, that's what they're handed down, you know, and they do it. If they don't have the information, what are they going to do, you know? They're, the, the media is like, are like a bunch of starving dogs who are fed scraps of bullshit by, um, by the authorities, you know? Um, they're inside sources, you know? Yes, I, someone in the Pentagon... <laughs> You know, sent me the inside information, and it doesn't want to be named, but uh, this is what actually happened. They were just trying to board a, a boat in in the Gulf of Aden, and um, a high wave, a high wave just splashed them off, and then the other one jumped in, and I said, and there was only two of them, right? So here you have a situation where you have two Navy SEALs on their own, completely unsupported, attempting to board supposedly 
a ship. And one of them falls off, the other one jumps in, and I said, sorry guys, can't find him. Is that the way, is that, that's, that's the way we're, we're to understand that Navy SEALs operate? That's how the Pentagon runs these kind of like covert operations. No support whatsoever. Just, sorry, lost. I, uh, the, the extent to which the... Uh, like, you remember the Navy SEAL story after they supposedly captured uh, Osama bin Laden? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the op in itself, it's not true. There's a real story, I'm sure, where mm-hmm. it's someone and they hit a house somewhere. Something happened for mm-hmm. sure. But it being Osama bin Laden, well, that's probably BS. And then... Secondarily, how it went down is BS. But that's still, you know, within the realms of something happened. At least they're giving you a version of events that's not true, but it's about something true. What they never told people, it came out. It was reported, but then, you know, not. It should have caused, considering how sensitive they are about military casualties, everyone who was involved in that mission, at least the Navy SEALs, was later flying in a helicopter. Right, yeah. That crashed. Yeah, that, that was just an accident. At sea, yeah. dead at sea. The heroes who took out the mastermind of the 9-11 terror attacks, they, they just died. Well, they followed Bin Laden into the sea because whenever they, whenever they caught Bin Laden in his underpants, which is also an echo of how they caught Saddam Hussein, supposedly, in his underpants, right? <clears throat> Everybody in America doesn't like that they catch their caught on a version in their underpants, right? And then they buried uh, Osama Bin Laden at sea and then the SEAL teams... Seal team that actually supposed to caught him in his underpants, and uh, they got buried at sea as well afterwards. Not immediately. No, not immediately. But not reported immediately. It's no. reported later. Yeah. Well, it probably was sometime later. Th- that's what I'm getting at. There's lies, and then there's like mega big, effing li- like major lies that were just totally out of left field, like helicopters crashing in Mexico. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like we yeah, talked yeah. about late last year. Um, and then there's Lloyd Austin. Probably Lloyd, Secretary of Defense. <laughs> What happened to him? Nobody knew. Lloyd was doing. Lloyd was doing fine. Secretary of Defense at the Pentagon, top man, sixth in line to the presidency. Um, then just decided, you know, I got a bit of a cancer diagnosis there on twenty uh, second of January. Just routine check. Twenty uh, second December. Routine check. Uh, and the doctor, doctor said, Whoop, "Bit of prostate cancer. Better get you in." Yeah, we're gonna t- we're gonna operate. Do some scans. Operate it. Take it out. We're gonna take it out. Uh, fine. All went good. Um, didn't tell anybody. Twenty second December. Nobody. Nobody knew. Nobody knew he was in for a yeah. supposedly elective surgery. Pretty serious, right? Uh, but apparently operable prostate cancer. And um, then all over Christmas, he's in. Whatever. At some point, gets out. Maybe in the week, just after a few days later, whatever. He's he's let out. And then, guess what? The worst possible thing could ever happen. Starts feeling, starts having some pain. Goes back into hospital. Second, first, second, third. Some, these are obviously these dates are not precise, but sometime, sometime around the immediate new year. Worst thing you could possibly think of: a urinary tract infection. Ah, oh, Jesus, not that. <laughs> I mean, that's a death sentence. Uh, anyway, so urinary tract infection, and he's been there ever since, and only. Then after we rushed in for a UTI, which again, kind of like concussion, you know, whenever somebody has a UTI, um, super serious, right? Emergency. <laughs> Don't just take some D-manos or something, uh, or some cranberry juice straight into the hospital. Don't tell your boss. Uh, yeah. Don't tell anybody. Um, at this point, he's gone for like, he's been gone for since the 22nd, so 10 days. Still doesn't tell anybody. I have a video of the last time he was seen. 
Um, and he's still there, by the way, in the hospital. Still, still no show. It's now the uh, 14th of January. So he hasn't been seen since December 18th mm-hmm. um, in Israel. There is a video of him departing the U.S., and he himself, Mustafa, tweets that he's about to leave for a visit to the Middle East, including like Bahrain, Qatar, and Israel. And there's a government readout of his visit to Israel on December 18th. Um, four days later is what you just said, December 22nd, he un- undergoes surgery for prostate cancer. Again, didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anyone. The AP had put out a timeline and said that he's, um, he spent a week working from home. <laughs> working. Mm. Um, now, what's interesting about this, this AP report was just put out like a few days ago because people are noticing, where, where's Lloyd? You know, um, <clears throat> If you scroll down, maybe do a search. Um, uh, 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 do, yeah, do December 22nd, 22 maybe, that'll come up. December 22nd, uh, Well, they claim that in early December, it was first identified that he had prostate cancer. Okay, whatever. December 22nd, he undergoes the surgery. December next day, he's discharged from Walter Reed Hospital. Um, He's working from home all through Christmas. And then he has to go back into hospital on New Year's Day. He's in severe pain, blah, blah, blah. And that's where he is since, right? That's the story. The The thing is, something happened that... I wouldn't usually draw attention to, but it's the only, the only reason we have these media reports. What this is, it's framed at the top of this AP report and others as well. PolitiFact, you know, all the kind of fact-checking legacy media outlets. What they're fact-checking is the following. <clears throat> Gads, where is it? It's um, a real news report. Real raw news or something. Ah, jeez. Oh, there it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. With this headline. This is where it was first floated that something had happened to Lloyd. Um, granted, maybe suspicions were already, you know, maybe all, people were chattering about it already because it's been a long time since I've seen him. So January 7th, last week, this website, Real Raw News, Russian claim, Austin dead in Ukraine. I saw that. Whatever, that's just just stupid. And I looked them up about us. It's kind of like a fake news site. Michael Baxter is probably a pseudonym. It reminds me of Dimitri Baxter, the infamous kind of pseudonym guy who did, you know, Your News Wire and all those actual, like, honest to God, fake news websites. What they do is they take something that's kind of rumored mm-hmm. and true-ish out there, and then they, they give it an extra, they, over, they supercharge it with extraordinary claims onto the, onto the central question or thesis or main claim, and then that's taken up by PolitiFact, AP, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and easily debunked. Mm-hmm. That's why AP came up with a timeline to debunk this, which was easy to do because they claim an anonymous source in the FSB which is a standard tactic we've seen since um, mm-hmm. what happened news or what were they called? What, is, what does it mean.com? Sorsha Fall and her inside KGB sources going back to the early days of the internet. This mm-hmm. has been a tactic for ages. What it is, these fake news websites, real fake news websites, are set up as a, a way to launder information. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that's 
dodgy or hot, they launder it through this site, exaggerate it with extra additional bullshit so that it can be knocked down the MSM, mm-hmm. so that when it comes time to like mm-hmm. talk about it like we're doing here, mm-hmm. oh, no, that, 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 that's ridiculous. It's been debunked. So they, they, they weekly world news the news. Mm-hmm. They make it ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> and it's, it's absurd. But there's something to it. So they cite, if you scroll down a bit, maybe just read the first paragraph. So uh, they, they cite, yeah, they didn't even name this FSB agent. I don't know if I had, had time to look him up. Andrei Zakharov. Who knows what they got it from? Um, <clears throat> the claim is that they killed Lloyd Austin on January 3rd. That's the central thing. When Russian cruise missiles peltered a command bunker where Austin was meeting with Zaluzhny, the head of the Ukrainian military. Um, okay. The thing is... Um, that may not be nuts. That may be why he has been indeed been in hospital. Um, I, it, but he's not dead. They're claiming as a declaration of fact last week that he died. Mm-hmm. They can't know that. Um, <clears throat> so you, you remember late in December and over the year, there were several barrages of mm-hmm. Russian airstrikes. Mm-hmm. And indeed, the Russians did talk about hitting you know, key decision-making centers. Um, the one on 29th was the biggest yet in terms of the number of Kinjal hypersonic missiles and so on. It was, it was the biggest overnight uh, set of airstrikes the Russians have done yet in Ukraine. That might be a fit for, for if he was there at that time. But if the timeline is correct and he was in the U.S., um, then indeed that news site could, that fake news site, could have got the date right because there was another barrage on January 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a... I, I'm, I'm thinking <clears throat> if there's some... It, it might have been the 29th. Do you remember the the, the, the big one on the 29th? There was a, the Polish missile incident. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Where a, a Russian missile had... had the story was a Russian Polish. missile had strayed, entered Polish territory for about 40 kilometers and returned. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has this hint that Russia deliberately was threatening or something like that. Um, the, the readout, the, 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 the summary of that on the Wikipedia page about it is about 200 police officers were deployed to the area in Poland where this errant missile flew over because they were going to retrieve possible debris. They never found any. Well, yeah. But at the same time, Commander. four Polish and American F-16 fighter jets as well as an air tanker were scrambled from Polish air bases due to the activities of long-range Russian aircraft. Mm-hmm. The Polish Foreign Ministry also summoned the Russian Chargé d'Affaires, Andrei Ordash, over the incident. I'm wondering if that is that. That sounds to me like it could be a candidate as a cover story for a retrieval operation to to get Lloyd Austin out. Mm-hmm. Um, time-wise, though, <clears throat> the January second to over and over January night of January second third is a better fit for. Um, well, that site's well, claim that it was January third. What you have to remember here is like it, it could have happened on the on the. On, it, I mean, it seems to be centered around the the, the second or the third. He was uh, uh, what was he admitted to an intensive care unit on first of January. Now that could be that's back in the US, right? So it could have been the 29th, uh, depending on. Obviously, you can't take any of these dates 
at face value because the whole story is made up very likely, right? So yeah, yeah they backdated his whole story with the prostate cancer. That never happened. He never had any prostate cancer. He wasn't in hospital on the 22nd of uh, December, et cetera, et cetera. That's all just fa- totally fabricated. The only thing that happened here was that Lloyd Austin, probably after a trip around the Middle East or something or, or, or not or whatever, he's in Ukraine and he's at one of these uh, centers where, and he's there with Seleuzhny apparently, the, the head of the Ukrainian armed forces and their movements have been tracked and they get hit. Movie do. It happened to, there's dozens and dozens of other NATO personnel, uh, like high level NATO, um, apart, not the mercs now, uh, that there's thousands of mercs that have been yeah. killed in Ukraine, Western or Western and international mercenaries who have been killed in Ukraine. But uh, in terms of, you know, relatively high level NATO, particularly US, UK officers, Polish, etc., um, over the past couple of years, there's dozens of them being, have been killed. So Lloyd Austin is just one, one more in a certain sense. I mean, all he is is really just an official. He's just a Biden administration official. You can't make too much of him being the, the Secretary of Defense and all that kind of stuff because literally anybody can be shunted in there at any point in time. Every administration that comes along, generally they stick someone in. Sure, he's some high-level member of the military or whatever, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter who goes to Ukraine. You're, you're risking your life when you go to Ukraine at any point. Well, and it's, yeah, it's, yes and no, but they, they don't... There is a, a, a rule. There is a code they follow. They don't generally target each other like that. But what's different here, it, what would be different, I suspect, <laughs> this is hypothetical, of course, but you see, Lloyd was in Ukraine in late November, mm-hmm. but that's a declared visit. <coughs> His press puts out statements. He's meet, you see the meet and greet. Mm-hmm. The only way this, th- this would be a fit if it was an undeclared visit. Of course it is. There's loads of them. And there's no, there's no, there's no like media report about a surprise mm. visit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's covered, um, yeah. And it happens all the time where there's snap stuff. To say. So he was in, he definitely in November, uh, late November, November 20th uh, in Kiev and maybe elsewhere. Um, on December 6th, his counterpart, the Ukrainian defense minister, is in Washington for a day. So that goes on and it's declared and or reported on. There's a statement on it. Course, but this would be something where it isn't. And maybe that's what, well, if you're not officially there, the Russians go... We're sending a message here. Mm-hmm. And then the Americans, well, they do what we've seen the Russians do the last two years when similar stuff happens to them. They just basically eat it up yep. and say, he's got cancer. He's, yeah. he's in hospital. <coughs> yeah. He's working from home. Yeah, it's part of the course is the thing. It, it, I mean, that's what happens. And I mean, you don't know, there have been probably, put it this way, do you think using the hand of the Ukrainians, the Americans... Would balk at an opportunity to take out um, a member of the, member of the Russian government? The Ukrainians, no. Would the Americans? The Americans say, don't do it because they're using it. it's Ukrainian hand, right? Ukrainian, Ukraine's defending itself against Russian aggression. They would love to be able to take out. I don't think there is that at this point. I don't think those, those rules. There are very, <laughs> very few rules left at this point. And yeah, it's probably a case where uh, when it's an open declared. Uh, meeting like where he, where one of them goes and it's uh, the, the media is following and then all that kind of stuff and it's in the international press then yeah you don't want to you don't want to cross that line because then that would open the Russians up to the same happening unless they were willing to never kind of go anywhere again but they just don't want to go there and it's a very it's a very tenuous truce so you know what I mean it's getting to the point of that even though that kind of like gentleman's agreement not to off senior government figures <coughs> is uh, is 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 you know, it's it's pretty shaky at this point, uh-huh. and it will get worse. But people like Lloyd Austin and all the rest of them have been in Ukraine multiple times. Yeah. We never heard about it. It happens all the time. Mm. 
Uh, so you have to remember that. Um, but they're not all declared. Yeah. But since the then, the, there's been a very public meeting in, in Kiev since then. The British Prime Minister yeah. in Kiev, in right. Parliament, uh, Union Jacks all over the place. <laughs> you can see he's aw- looks awkward in the video because he's like, you know, good to be with you guys. Can you tone down the mm. nationalist element? <laughs> they, they think, oh, yes, he's like one of us. Blood and soil. We put Union Jack everywhere. Yes, Rishi. Yes. You know, rule Britannia, yes. <laughs> and Rishi's trying to like make this. This is a global, international community. This yeah. isn't Britain being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't single us out. But uh, uh, that's he, happy. if he knows, he's got. He's got. I've heard the stories when he goes in there. That's that's risky. Yeah. I mean, are they going to go and hit? You know, the Rada in Kiev though with. With Zelensky and him, there maybe not. That, that that might be. We're not there yet. Yeah, but, but Lloyd Austin, just uh, like on this is from collating media uh, reports from from uh, in Wikipedia. So January first, twenty twenty four, Austin was hospitalised at Walter Reed National Mil- Military Medical Centre due to a urinary tract infection following surgical treatment of prostate cancer on December twenty second. Austin spent several days in Walter Reed's intensive care unit. For a urinary tract infection, right, and delegated his authority to the Department of Defense Second in Command, Catherine, Catherine Hicks, uh, and he's still there. So that was on January first. So he's been in the intensive care well, he, for some part of that time. He's been in the Walter Reed National Medical National Military Medical Center for officially, according to the story, fourteen days, for two weeks, however long. Maybe the whole time and in the intensive care unit for a urinary tract infection. I don't know if people know what a urinary tract infection is, but you don't go to intensive care yeah. for a urinary tract infection. This whole thing is threadbare. And then look at, in terms of his, his silence on it, his bizarre, it's actually criminal in a certain sense because I think there's laws that say you have to, the, the, the government, which, include the, the, which includes the Pentagon, etc., but the US government has to uh, be open and transparent to the American people about significant health care. Uh, issues with, with elected representatives. And that was, so he's, effect, he's effectively, effectively breaking the law. And compare that to this uh, from early last year, which is a public statement by right. the US Department of Defense. Well, a public statement by Lloyd Austin. Lloyd J. Austin III, to be precise. From him. Statement by him. On the August 15th, 2022. This morning... I tested positive for COVID. I am experiencing mild symptoms and will quarantine at home for the next five days. So he was so Johnny on the spot. Yeah, yeah. That on the very day that he did a stupid COVID test and tested positive, he released a statement to the entire world, to the government, to everybody. He's yeah. super aware that he needs to be on he's the He's a ball. military guy. He, plays got, by the, he goes by the book. If he's got any, even if he's got a, if, if this morning I stubbed my toe on the dresser when I got up at, in, at the, in dark, my toe is quite sore. I'm just letting the American people know, because it's, I'm, I'm expected to, that I won't be going into work today while my toe heals. He do, that's the equivalent, more or less, right? And yet, prostate cancer? Nothing. Surgery for prostate cancer? Nothing. nothing. Weeks go by. Serious, scary UTI, which requires intensive care for two weeks? Nothing. The, the thing about the rules and procedures and what they normally do, the, the media is aware that people are aware of this. So Time put out this report. Um, <clears throat> basically, 
It's a pretend, look at the headline, Lloyd Austin's surgery blunder may have compromised national security. And they basically, it's an apology mm. for why he was a bad, bad boy. He should have done this, that, this. He broke the rules for six weeks straight. Again, for a military guy, that's just not the way. Lloyd Austin, he's an interesting like, <clears throat> He should never have been Secretary of Defense. They broke the rules for him to do so. What do I mean? He was too recently an active general. Mm. You're supposed to have been out of it for like six years at the very least, you know, working for Boeing or Raytheon or something, nominally not in the military. So mm-hmm. they already bent the rules for this guy. So he's definitely their man, you know. Um, for him to not, you know, play by the book, is it's, it's, it's definitely out of the ordinary. Um, <clears throat> the, and and pe- the press are asking questions in that time report. The Pentagon is pointedly refusing to say whether Austin... Um, was put uh, under anesthesia or lost consciousness. They're looking for details and none are forthcoming. Um, uh, Further down it says, um, Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks wasn't told the reason for why she was given basically his powers for two days. (laughs) Nor was any anyone in the White House. We talked about that last week. Nor was anyone in the White House looped in on the fact that. But Neil, there's no way a cover up like this could happen, right? Because too many people are involved, right? Too many people would know. Somebody would spill the beans, right? Apparently not. The U.S. is yeah, on something even as innocuous as this, in a certain sense. Like, I mean, you know, uh, just you know, the guy got. <laughs> Imagine he had died, which. Probably was, I mean, it was possible that it was fairly touch and go at one point. Um, I, it would just be what died from complications from a UTI, <laughs> something like that, or died at sea. Fuck, crash, plane, plane crash. Two months later, where's Lloyd? Where's Lloyd? Where's Lloyd? Oh, he died at sea. It was a trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's okay. It's cool. Take his body, put it up in a plane, but crash the plane, or not even. Just make it all up. Keep his wife quiet. Keep his kids quiet. Keep his family quiet. Everybody shut up. Nobody say a word. And then, that's it. And that's history. And nobody's any wiser. And people think that, no, we live in a very transparent society. We can figure things out. The media don't lie to us. The government don't lie to us. We, we know what's going on. People are clueless. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's just something to keep in mind that it's smoke and mirrors. The whole thing is smoke and mirrors, and you really gotta smoke and mirrors. And they've got to the point where I mean, there aren't many more escalation <clears throat> rungs on the ladder left. Yeah, well, it seems they haven't crossed that line, you know. Um, the US ate this one, but yeah, how many more are they going to eat? I tell you what, it has a benefit of uh, <clears throat> it's bad for Ukraine and for the Ukrainian, you know the. The, the position of because that whole Ukraine conflict obviously has been being largely run by NATO officials, NATO officers, etc., and you know high level government government reps from the US and the UK and elsewhere. And um, this event, they all know about it, obviously, um, and it's going to chill them a little bit in terms of <laughs> am I going to get on a plane? Am I going to go? And because obviously Lloyd Austin was. At, at quote unquote decision making center with possibly with Zeluzny. And the other question is is Zeluzny still around? Oh. 
We've wondered uh, before, and yeah, he has turned up. He has turned up, but what about now? So we'll have yeah. to wait and see. But uh, if he was with Solusioni, which he probably would have been, because the Secretary of Defence arriving at a decision-making centre, probably in Western Ukraine, um, that they felt was safe, turned out it wasn't. Uh, probably Solusioni would have been there with him. Um, so it's going to make them the rest of them think twice, you know. Yeah. Uh, from now on. Someone in the chat says, if I'm 15 minutes late for work, the reception calls my wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, you can imagine the Pentagon and the US government. That, that's, that's discussed in the Time magazine. You know, all the rules he broke, you know, all the protocols he broke, and then they just let him off with a slap on the wrist. Well, he's a naughty, naughty boy. Mm. Anyway, he's fine. It's just a UTI. Yeah. Um, but now, like... In hindsight, then, when I saw this tweet by Medvedev, who was, he seemed spitting angry about Sunak's visit to Kiev um, a few days ago. Um, he got community noted, of course. The British Prime Minister Sunak has arrived in Kiev to sign a, quote, historic UK-Ukraine agreement on security cooperation. What would the Western public say if the British representatives happened to be bombarded with cluster ammunition in the center of Kiev, just as was the case with our innocent civilians in Belgorod. And I, hope, I also hope that our arch enemies, the impudent British, understand that officially stationing their troops in Ukraine would mean declaration of war against their country. So that's his main point, I suppose. He's, he's talking about them, the possible implications of this powwow between the British government and Ukraine. Looking down the road, um, British, troops, British troops presumably is going to be stationed in Western Ukraine, or at least that's being floated. But in the middle of that, there's a kind of a dig that's a bit more pointed. What would the Western public say if we blew up Kiev while Sunak was there? That is what he's saying, isn't it? Well, he's saying specifically if, if the... If the the cluster munitions supplied by the UK were used right. uh, against a location where, where the British Prime Minister uh, happened to He's be. He's saying you, that's what basically where you guys facilitated um, in Belgorod in late December. So, yeah, it's a, chill, it's a warning. It's, it's part of the warning, I suppose. If this is a warning in text, the strike that involved... I love what he says at the end there. is the warning, in fact. And I also hope that our arch enemies, the impudent British, understand that officially stationing their troops in Ukraine would mean declaration of war against our country. Yeah. <coughs> but they're trying to toe that line, you know. <coughs> they're they're harrying, harrying and harassing uh, the Russians in, in various different ways. They're playing a very dangerous game, but they're all junkies, really, like in that sense, you know. Uh, <laughs> Check this out. Um, anyway... Um, so talking about yeah talking about fake news the other story from the past week was um, well actually it was back before that is Chabad Chab, Chab, Chabad Lut, Chabad Lubavitch <coughs> the memes the world, what a week for memes the world headquarters of the Chabad Lutovich. Chabad Lutovich is a is a a sect it's, sect. it's a radical sect of Judaism. It's, it's, um, it's, it's basically, it's done with waiting for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's so done with waiting for the Messiah that the sect believes its chief rabbi, the Rebbe Menachem Mendel Schneerson, look him up, who, who died in 1994, was and still is 
<clears throat> the Messiah. Because they literally debate whether or not he's actually dead. The story is that six months ago, some of its members um, visiting from Israel took it upon themselves to do as the Rebbe Menachem once wished, which was that they expand the premises at 770 East Parkway mm-hmm. in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. That's mm-hmm. where the world headquarters, indeed, of this sect are. Uh, and so they began digging. Um, don't know how true that is, but... What, um, digging tunnels? That's how you expand it? Just by digging dodgy tunnels underneath yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, the whole complex, it, it doesn't make sense because it's not just 770. It's 770 to 780-something. There's a whole like block Mm-hmm. That's owned by the Chabad Lubavitch sect, so it it, it doesn't make sense. But <clears throat> there is indeed something like an ownership dispute. That's what got this sparked off. So the first report I can find that something was going on is from a local news site, um, Crown Heights Crown Heights dot info. So that's local Brooklyn news. Um, so the discovery that tunneling was going on was first reported in December. So that's a few weeks ago. Um, and the reason they've broken the news this week is because uh, some of the rabbis are fighting others. It's basically an internal dispute. Um, and one of them called for a cement truck to be called. No, they had already organized that. But this, the, no, with police the, escort. Not they call it, but the... I think the, the the local authorities have got involved because it was under, potentially undermining the stability of the actual buildings yeah. under, under, on, on which the <coughs> tunnels under which the tunnels have been been dug. So this involved the the, the local authorities because it became a, a health hazard basically, and and it was because cops were there and all that kind of stuff. So it was there. It was, I think it was the state that had actually gone in, you know, and decided we need to do something about these these tunnels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and that. That didn't make didn't get much news over the past since it, since it was like I think it was sometimes around sometime around the twentieth of December or so was when it was discovered and it all started yeah. and that didn't make the news at at that point it only made the news in the past week or so because there was this big uh, uh, Jewish Jewish cat fight that broke out and that just got people's attention basically and then you had to backtrack and uh, the whole story and find out what, what had been going on but. Um, it then spiraled a little bit because um, well there's so much video footage the video footage <laughs> which they took themselves yeah. at first I thought hang on people's blink on this can't be right because they themselves are taking all the video footage mm-hmm. and uploading it to um, their own website they have basically a, their own news site because there, there's a huge number of in this particular area of Brooklyn there are a lot of them so mm-hmm. um, the Everyone's seen all the, but everyone's seen some clips from this footage. But basically, it's all archived extensively. Um, unlike a local Jewish news site, it's still there. Um, if you just put that up and then you just scroll down, just we won't we won't play them because people have seen this already. Um, this is calllive.com, so they got lots of photos. We've all seen this. Um, go ahead and. You've heard that's the the story they're giving. Video, another video. That's the famous one where the cops like we don't do that in America. Um, carry on. Uh, it's basically it's a complete record of what took place there. So, 
Um, in a, that, that's why when I first heard this and saw the people's blink was, oh my God, what are the Jews up to? I thought, well, it can't be something that bad because, you know, they themselves uploaded the video footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But well, in the middle of it, there's the shit that's coming out is like, what the hell? What are those mattresses? Exactly. Well, officially, uh, I mean, check check this out. According to USA Today, there's some damage damage control going on. Um, only dirt and tools found in New York Tunnel, not mattresses or booster seats. Fact check. That's Claim that old mattresses and booster seats were found in tunnels beneath the New York City Synagogue. Um that's the claim shows so supposedly January 10th Instagram post shows a screenshot uh, of a post on X by the same user uh, a synagogue in New York was discovered of underground tunnels beneath it uh, reads part of the X post there were old stained mattresses inside along with booster chairs for young kids our rating false well that's exactly <laughs> what the video show um. or really so there's a fact checker like just feels uh, from USA Today uh, feels like um, feels confident to just go uh, yeah our rating false we fact checked it and now you know that the truth is that there were no mattresses and that's blood libel and don't you dare say bad things about about this particular group of Jews but I mean oh yeah, well it's probably on if you just look at that link it's probably on the uh, on, on the on the page you're just showing there, but uh, you can play that one, uh, and you can decide for yourself whether or not there's any uh, any mattresses to show. Uh, <laughs> mattress shit stain or whatever that is. <clears throat> one mattress. Throwing mattresses around. Here's another mattress, <clears throat> and then there's plenty of other video evidence and 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 photo evidence of yeah, there definitely were. There is there is a baby stroller in there. Yeah, there's, yeah. So no, you're left it, then to, to wonder and think and have to con- contemplate the unsavory, you know, possibilities about what is actually going on and why someone built tunnels and what is tunnels often used for. Well, very often tunnels are used for uh, conveying um, illegal or covert things, items, whatever, uh, that, you know, that oh, you don't want anybody... Hamas. Or Hamas does it, so that, that you don't want to... Uh, I s- well, under a Jewish center, it's not for... It's, it's obviously not for waging war against the Palestinians uh, or, or, or for defending Israel. Uh, in New York City, it's uh, tunnels under a building or definitely for something uh, something else. What's nuts is that wooden paneling that's at the edge of what they dug. Mm-hmm. That's the edge. That's, that's part of the synagogue. That's mm-hmm. like the, the central room where the guys pray mm-hmm. the very and the tunnel begins right there and they themselves ripped ripped out the paneling that's mm. because there was a dispute mm-hmm. some of them were for and against you know the fact that it was un- undermining the structure of the building mm-hmm. but maybe they know more than that but I mean not all of them knew it was only a group within that group right. that was engaged in whatever they were engaged in in, in in these tunnels and it all came out and they were all a bit angry about it, but check out check out how the ADL uh, reported on it. <laughs> Tunnel discovered under Chala headquarters sparks anti-Semitic firestorm. firestorm now right. that's not uh, surprising that the ADL would suddenly go call the firestorm. But look at the picture they themselves made. <laughs> <laughs> the way, it's one of those AI generated ones. There's so many. They're so oh, they're so anti-Semitic. I agree, but they're funny. 
Who old, has not found this funny? Like Age-old anti-Semitic conspiracy theories ran rampant on social media after the story broke, with hate-filled rhetoric percolating in both extremist and mainstream spaces and across the, across the ideological spectrum, Neil. This isn't just far right or far left or whatever. Yeah. It's just across the ideological spectrum. That's because everyone enjoys a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Invoking anti-Semitic child trafficking and blood libel conspiracy theories. Okay, so you have illegal covert tunnel underneath extremist Jewish sect building with mattresses and child strollers found. Some people go, hmm, I wonder if those tunnels were being used to hide and traffic people, maybe even children, given that some of the mattresses were small, child-sized mattresses. That, my friend, is anti-Semitic. You're not allowed to draw possible, plausible conclusions based on the evidence. If you do, especially in a particular, in a particular context, it's anti-Semitic, which means stop saying that and go away. You know there's a report that the, the illegal tunnel discovered in Brooklyn was uh, they'd hired workers illegal workers to do it I, um, anyway uh, so okay why would anyone have that first blink you know it, but maybe the idea was right so you know that's just outrageous why go straight for the worst thing you can think of mm-hmm. just because they're Jews that's anti-Semitic mm. well it's, the problem is past form this is New Jersey, 2009. Um, I hope this shows up because it's from the New York Times archive and it might be behind a paywall. <clears throat> if not, it was, it was widely reported. Oh, good. We have it. There it is. 44 charged by U.S. in New Jersey corruption sweep. Scroll down there. Um, international money laundering investigations stretching from Jersey to Brooklyn to Israel and Switzerland. Culminated in charges against 44 people on Thursday, including three New York, New Jersey mayors, two state assemblymen, and five rabbis. Um, oh, it involves cash, drugs, um, and replete with tales of the illegal sales of body parts. I think it was, yeah, it was an illegal organ trafficking ring mm. from... Now, I should clarify, this isn't the same premise. This isn't the same. Um, New Jersey, obviously, is not Brooklyn. It's across the water, a different state. <clears throat> this group um, well, the other large Hasidic group in the U.S. Northeast, the Satmar Jews. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Um, not really much. They both... Um, The Sat, it says here, Wikipedia, I'm getting this from, the Satmar group is an insular community in Williamsburg that seeks no publicity and shuns outsiders. That's different. The, the Shabbat Lubavitch group is, has a lot more public outreach. They're the guys you'll see in famous photo ops with American presidents, Russian presidents going back the decades. It, it's the Shabbat, the guys who recently had their tunnel exposed. Um, they're the ones you'll see sitting down with VIPs the world over. Whereas the Satmar are totally insular. Mm-hmm. They're the New, Jer- New Jersey guys who got stung in 2009. Um, 
interesting about the Satmar group, it staunchly opposes the state of Israel on the ground that a Jewish state cannot rightly come into existence until the arrival of the Messiah. The other group, the one that was just caught tunneling, um, did once oppose Israel for the same reason, but became Zionist, especially when their last major Rebbe, Schneerson, um, declared that he was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And that that's the whole thing at the center of Orthodox Judaism. It's, it's, it's the tension between do we wait for it to come or do we declare it's here mm-hmm. and act upon it, you know? And that's how one of the two factions, anyway, becomes radically pro-Zionist. That's the one that just got caught. It's, it's kind of weird that that's... The, the timing of all this is nuts. So, I mean, obviously, Israel is, you know, in the dock vilified the world over for what's going on in Gaza. Then last week, the Epstein client list, in quotes, that's more or less what it could be if you look through the 2,000 documents that were released in which many of his victims name the VIPs. Mm-hmm. And obviously that brings up Israel, Mossad again, and broader Jewish connections. And then this happens. Right. It's not a conspiracy to make it happen. It's just a sequence of the way reality unfolded. It's like glitch. And then they quickly try to fact check and go, oh, we're not going to, this is just, don't, don't look at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a serious problem. I, I, it, I, I'm always loath to like, I think there are people who go too far with, you know, casting a blanket over all Jews and all Judaism mm-hmm. with this stuff, but there is a lot. I mean, this is 2013 report from Vice, Again, on the second group we just looked at in New Jersey, the Satmar Jewish Hasidic groups, um, their, their headline, um, the child rape assembly line. Uh, so this guy, he's not one of them. He's the whistleblower. He's Rabbi Nuchem Rosenberg, who basically blew the, blew the whistle. I think maybe he's connected with the 2009. That's, that's why charges came down. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and his story in it is nuts. He's, you know, the stuff he's seen is... Ah, it's yeah. just crazy. Um, there's a passage here. I'll just read out one, though. Um, um, the child sex abuse crisis in ultra-Orthodox Judaism, like that in the Catholic Church, has produced its share of shocking headlines in recent years in New York and in the prominent Orthodox communities of Israel and London. So apparently it's happened in the UK as well. Allegations of child molestation and rape have been rampant. That's vice's term. The alleged abusers are school teachers, rabbis, fathers, uncles, figures of male authority. Victims like those of Catholic priests are mostly boys. Rabbi Rosenberg believes around half of young males in Brooklyn's Hasidic community, the largest in the United States, I think it's like a quarter million in size, and one of the largest in the world, half of them have been victims of sexual assault perpetrated by their elders. Ben Hirsch director of Survivors for Justice, a Brooklyn organization that advocates for orthodox sex abuse victims, thinks the real number is higher. Quote from Hirsch, from anecdotal evidence, we're looking at over 50%. It has almost become a rite of passage. Well. And the article goes on to detail Rabbi Rosenberg's total shunning from his Satmar community in New Jersey. Yeah. Um. Well, it goes obviously. It goes beyond this particular <clears throat> particular Jewish, you know, 
sect. I mean, there's that kind of child trafficking that's going on in many different areas around the world, and it's a pretty sad indictment on the state of the world and the state of humanity and the people who are who are living on this planet, and, and very often in people people in positions of power. But uh, this is a uh, this is supposedly video of the actual tunnels. Now, people have an idea. Oh, it was just the, the cover story was six months ago. We just a couple of younger kids decided to, to take it on upon themselves to dig tunnels. You know what I mean? Just mm. with, with, with shovels, or whatever, just through the dirt or whatever, and just made these rough, crappy tunnels. Right? And it looks amateur. <clears throat> yeah. But if it's if it's actually a, a, a dedicated area, it's probably much older, and it and it's just recently become, you know become a problem structurally or whatever something caused it to to become an issue um, to come out into the open but it's probably there much longer and it's probably much more developed now, this is allegedly a video of the actual quote unquote tones themselves I'm going to stand there Series of basements, mm-hmm. some of which were were joined. Like there's the dirt. But that that looks like it's a what's called a, a mitzvah. It's a purification bath. Mm-hmm. It's tiled, usually waters mm-hmm. in there and stuff. So they used that and expanded. And it. on the left there is baby stroller. Yep. We just passed it. So obviously that wasn't done in six months. <laughs> in the past six months. Um, and it's been there quite a long time, and the plan, obviously, I think, was to expand it. That's kind of pretty freaky. Where, where they actually lead to? Um, probably somewhere away from the actual center itself. That well, you know, where the you first actually, video that went viral is the one that was to, most funny because the it's drains. the guy in the hat, the full garb, and he coming out of the drains. Mm. And that drain, someone um, Google mapped it, and it's like. It's still it's it's adjacent. It's joint. It's a, but it's a street away. Yeah, but that's and opposite well, the streets is that what a children's something center museum. Yeah, that's a bit okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all plausible. But then the whole area. I suspect I don't know enough about this place, but I suspect it's not just that building, but that the whole area is predominantly Jewish. That's mm-hmm. hence Absolutely. why the headquarters is there, right? Yeah. If the children involved, most likely be their own, as we just saw from that past incident in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They're raping their own kids, probably. That's. Uh, but but maybe they're planning to expand, and uh, maybe they got into the mainstream kind of child trafficking business. And I mean, of course, they wouldn't have. You know, the de- Jews in general don't have a very uh, like the Orthodox, the believer type thing. Jews believe in all of them. I suppose have this idea that they're special, they're better than the, the rest of humanity. That's why they have kept themselves apart for so long, and uh, it's why they off always come in for. Um, even for abuse or, or criticism or uh, <clears throat> or get a bad reputation is because if you spend you know if you spent most of most of the time of your your existence as a, as a distinct group uh, keeping yourself apart from any communities that you've come in contact with and engaging in kind of like you know what appear to that community that you that you you haven't integrated in, with into but are living alongside if you're engaging in practices that appear to them as, as being suspicious or weird or strange and they may well be or they may maybe not well you're going to get um you're going to get uh, you're going to get in trouble eventually uh so it's no no mystery you know 
But it's it's such a ridiculous con- con- uh, contention that you know the Jews have been persecuted for all these years. It's like, well, if you look at the way the Jews keep, like I said, keep themselves apart from the rest of humanity, effectively, in any and uh, wherever they live, um, it's a no-brainer that you're going to, you know, that you're going to be distrusted and disliked and eventually shunned, etc., etc. And it's got nothing to do with being persecuted. It's got nothing to do, it's got nothing to do with anti-Semitism. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with people, guys just hating Jews because they're Jews. It's not. It's because of the way the Jews have tended to separate themselves from everybody else and have this superiority complex that they are not behind the door about, you know, making, it, making, making obvious. If, so, we're, I mean, if we're better and special a, and chosen, we have to make facts real yeah. that reminds us that the rest of them are yeah. lesser than. It's like how, how to be discriminated against by the rest of humanity, an easy, a three-step guide, you know, do what the Jews do. Whatever, but, but be, yeah, like I said, that we we have to. I think it's too easy to for people to then go, okay. I see this happening on, on Twitter. It, the Jew is behind everything. Hmm. The Jew is at fault for everything. It's always the Jew. They're always looking. Then well, they start to see. They get pattern recognition run mm-hmm. amok. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's a stat that's pulled up. Even before this shit kicked off in the Middle East. Just under half, forty—I think it's forty-eight percent—of American Jews agreed that Israel is an apartheid state. Mm-hmm. That—that's half. They're on our side, so to speak. At least on this, there's no separation of humanity. They agree with humanity because it's because it's obvious. That's that, half of American Jews. It's obvious that Israel is an apartheid state. Yeah. It has been obvious. For and that was bef- a long, long before time. this issue. And then on the issue of of abusing kids like this, well, shit. I mean. Child sex criminality is rampant in American WASP circles. Mm-hmm. Fucking rampant. Just recall, for example, the Finders case, which broke in 1987. Um, insane story. Uh, Finders case is a, basically a cult-like um, group started in Washington, D.C. by ex-military colonels or something like that. Um, case got busted when... One of them was driving a van full of kids and dirty mattresses um, in 1987. And it was a whole cover-up because it, it connected into the CIA and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It was very well covered up, actually. It was almost like too early for its time. If you scroll down, do a word search for um, panic. It's, it's since been pretty much established. It was a real thing. But in the final paragraph under conspiracies, they say the finders are often ascribed as an early example of satanic panic in the U.S. Some authors have gone as far as describing the finders' conspiratorial beliefs as the patient zero to other conspiratorial beliefs regarding the U.S. intelligence services allegedly covering up or taking part in sexual abuse. Similar allegations of a grand-scale government governmental cover-up can be found in other claims such as those surrounding the death of Jeffrey Epstein. So this was a CIA WASP Washington kitty sex network of the cream of the cream in the Reagan years. Hmm. There's no Jeffrey Epstein involved in that one. And not only that, it's like the first time that people started to go, this is like a satanic cult. Mm-hmm. And they, they created this they created this bullshit this is where the gaslighting starts. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So you're you're saying you think your child was abused. 
Right. So what's going on is people are having fantasies, sick fantasies, like all this bullshit Freudian analysis rolled out to say, you're mad. Mm-hmm. Your child's fine. Nothing like nothing that happened. So that was, that was CIA. Right. Yeah, yeah. So and then this from 2010, uh, something like h- half of all staff ter- computer terminals in the Pentagon have, have had child porn downloaded from them. Right. Half. In 2010. Can you imagine what the Pentagon's like now? Mm-hmm. 15 years later. <laughs> um, or this one, last week from Texas, up on Sot. <clears throat> no Jews involved, Hispanic Americans mostly. Maybe some native righty whiteies as well. <clears throat> Toddlers gang raped in Tex- Texas mall bathroom. Co-worker of mother arrested. Let me scroll down a bit. It's, uh, just three days ago it was reported. Two toddlers gang raped in a shopping center bathroom while their mothers believed their alleged pedophile co-worker was looking after them. Arthur Hector Fernandez um, worked in the mall as accused of being the ringleader uh, of at least seven men who abused the infants. It was basically like a creche, a daycare. Yeah, leave your kids with us. I mean, the hubris. He then allegedly posted four videos. <laughs> Christ, I don't want to read any more about that. Hmm. Then consider the likelihood that the current president of the United States is a fucking pedophile. Mm-hmm. There's no Jew who made him do that. That's Joe Biden. Right. He just always liked him young. So, just always. Like even his own kids. Oh. You know. Yeah. Spe- um, speaking of Joe Biden, uh, there's a curveball for you, Scotty. Can you play that? <laughs> this is him just recently. <clears throat> Um, just go back this <laughs> look at his face in this well you might have to adjust sound yeah that's alright yeah Morgan Sherwin uh, this is Morgan Sherwin and uh, Sam Sarudi uh, 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 there are uh, our team members here uh, they help us they uh, they help us uh, you know service and sales good to see you say that again What's this Morgan Sherwin. Uh, this is Morgan Sherwin and uh, Sam Sarudi. Uh, 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 there are uh, our team members here. Uh, they help us. They uh, they help us. Uh, you know, service and sales. You know. Um, Hello, is anyone home? <laughs> and people think, and he's running the country, right? There's another. He's the decider in chief. Yeah. There's another one. There's a video of that same visit. I think he whispers to a teenage girl. Mm. Um, yeah, well, he's doing that all the time. Like, like in a way that, he, he, I don't know, he's pretending he doesn't see her, but he whispers behind her back or something. Mm-hmm. But like, they can't see us. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Bidens, Hunter Biden shows up in Congress. I did not think this would happen. He's been subpoenaed twice now, but this time he did. Um, the cheeky git. So they weren't expecting him either. It's one of the oversight committees. It was, um, the, here's the Hills reporting on it. Um, uh, Hunter Biden made a surprise appearance at a markup, I'm not sure what that means, a markup of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee on Wednesday 
before the panel was set to approve a resolution to hold the president's son in contempt of Congress for defying a subpoena last month. Um, I, this is eight minutes long, but we'll just listen to the first minute. This is um, it, it's not it's not in there. I have to give you another link. Um, U.S. Republican representative for I think South Carolina, Nancy Mace. Let him have it. He complied I, with the subpoena. We we, we, we uh, would have expired. We would have loved that. Do any other compliance. members wish to be heard? Mr. Chair recognizes Ms. Mace from South Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, Chairman Comer. Um, first of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, second question, you are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... M Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman... Um, if the gentlelady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Did you keep interrupting me? You stop it there. There were a few more speakers. No one, he never actually spoke. He just was there kind of in the gallery. So um, he didn't have to take any – he didn't have to answer any of the questions that were lobbed at him because the, the, especially the Republican representatives were fuming that he had turned up, surprised mm -hmm. them. And like, you're here. I'm going to hurl abuse. But he's sitting in the back quiet with his lawyers because he didn't need to. But um, <laughs> then finally, I think after about 20 minutes, the next speaker is um, Blondie Marjorie Taylor Greene who got her chance to also let him have it. But, no, she didn't. She was about to start. Watch. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Uh, Whoa! He just Hunter walked Biden out. didn't Geared. show up for his subpoena. Hunter Biden showed up today to make a clown show of himself to show that he is nothing but someone that will not obey the law, that wants to show up when he wants to, and sits here with a smug look. That's all she got. She got to around the aftermath we left. That's the separation of powers, baby. You know, Congress has no policing powers. And I think the two women were pissed that he, they felt he was mocking him, and they're right. Because he could turn up in the gallery and it's like, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, as soon as Marjorie Taylor Greene is, he's like, I'm out of here. Uh, you see, in the United States, separation of powers means it's the Department of Justice's job using the FBI nominally under control of the executive to do the policing. Congress can issue a subpoena and you've got to go give him, you know, or not. Apparently, he, he can he can get away with not turning up mm -hmm. and turning up in the gallery as he wishes. Mm -hmm. um, as we saw, though, during Trump, the DOJ is not under control of the executive. It's the CIA. So, mm -hmm. the plan, the plan show continues. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, they can they can keep on about Hunter Biden, but he, yeah, he's untouchable. That daddy's president, you know. Um.
Where do you want to go from here? Gonzalo Lira. Wow, to be expected. It's tragic. I wasn't expecting him to to resurface, really, you know. Um, he wasn't in good health in general. He didn't look like he was in a, a person who was in good health. And yeah. uh, he was just, I don't know what was going through his head. It was, he's obviously, he's a bit of a, he was a, he was a fool to uh, to stay around in in Ukraine. I mean, how, how can you sit in Ukraine for for most of the two years of the of the special military operation, uh, the the war basically, and um, criticize Zelensky and dig into all the corruption going on and daily put up daily videos, you know, supporting Russia and condemning and criticizing and laughing uh, at Ukraine, get arrested, get released. Stay there, continue to stay there until you're, you you finally figure out that maybe it's not a good idea to be there anyway anymore, and then try and leave and then get stopped at the border and taken and put in prison and then just basically mistreated and you develop a a, 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 mil, a medical condition and it's not treated. Uh, that's how that's the, that's the basic way that people are. You know, you're not exactly killed in prison, but you're left to die because you yeah. you know you're 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 putting. The Palestinians know about it. You're put in certain, in, in certain conditions that are favourable to the development of certain medical conditions and the medical conditions aren't treated and you die. And, that, and you're said yeah. to have died from pneumonia, whatever it is. In his last video, he said, I'll, I'll die in prison. Maybe he knew he was sick already. Well, what was he doing it for? I mean, it's just, it's just a stupid waste of his own life. Like, for what? Yeah. At the hands of those nutbags in, in, in Ukraine? Yeah. Anyway, um... Yeah. The only other thing... What else happened? That's about it, no? Uh, <laughs> uh, Ecuador got run over by cartel gangs. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ongoing still. Um, again, there's a certain amount of uh, censorship. It's, it's, censorship seems to be a, a big thing these days. It's always been a big thing, but it seems to be, be particularly big these days where it's like... Um, Where it's like everybody, it's I don't know. It's like I suppose when things get worse and worse, you know, and the whole planet socially and politically goes downhill, then you've got more and more reason to kind of like really up, up the up the censorship and the narratives and the the kind of don't look here, look over here. Um, that's not happening. Oh, that's not what happened. This happened, and we fact checked it, and that's true. Mm. It's just it's going to happen more and more. There's going to be more and more outrageous lies told by the media. I don't know how they can they're going to be able to maintain their their credibility as you know actual you know information outlet when they're just spinning government lies you know um but yeah um so it's ongoing i mean <clears throat> they burst on the scene but there's a there's a video apparently there's more as of today there's there's more kind of riots happening in, in prison do you know what i mean and right. so it's to be seen type thing that, that, that the initial event there uh, during the week um all of the hostages at this point from that initial uh, outbreak have been have been released. Several policemen were kind of killed and ex- executed effectively by the cartel gangs. It's just it's pretty nasty, uh, pretty a pretty nasty business, you know. Um, but apparently, as of today, there are more more riots um, in prisons and stuff. So it could. Who knows? Remember Rafael Correa? Yeah. Two terms. 
term limits by, and then within a decade. Right. This. That's where democracy sucks. This is where Russian democracy is. It's got the edge. <laughs> you've got someone good, keep him, because what's going to follow? Yeah. Um, the International Court of Justice case against Israel happened this week or opened this week. Um, it's good to see Israel getting, you know, the the attention it doesn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like Finkelstein, though, I, I'm doubtful this is going to even result in <clears throat> what everyone thinks should happen, at least a condemnation. Um, he explained that it's made of 15 judges and it's got five permanent members of the UN. Take that. UN, yeah. Plus 10. Yeah. That's obviously the UK, US, France, Russia, China. And the other 10 are Germany, which is on its knees practically for Israel, you know. Um, they've actually said politically, I don't know what it, this involves their judge on the panel, but they're going to submit a defense of Israel. Mm-hmm. Good job, Germany. Um, uh, the other ones are like Uganda, pro-Israel. Morocco, pro-Israel. And there's some other ones that are like, yeah, that's not... that's. Anyway, Finkelstein's point was you'd think that on the merits, as judges, they would be just, you know, follow the evidence. Okay, yeah, breach of international law, genocide, done. Isn't he said that? It's, it's political. It's always political. So, yeah. But still, it's having an effect because <clears throat> BB issues a statement just before, categorically stating in English um, on the eve of it opening that Israel um, is not ethnically cleansing Gaza. Mm-hmm. And has no intention of occupying it mm. thereafter. So that's, you know, he, he can be held to that. It's just words, I know, but he said it now. Well, his plan might be to uh, to make sure there's nobody left in Gaza, so you don't need to occupy it. Right. He can just turn it into, kind of, turn it back into desert, you know? Yeah. Who knows what goes on in the mind of a psycho like, like Netanyahu. But, yeah, Germany intervening has a... Uh, as a third party to defend it, or what is that all about? Is that because, like, you know, um, Holocaust guilt? Holocaust guilt, yeah. Just bizarre people in Germany, in that German government. Uh, I mean, it's like Israel. Israel's case at the International Court of Justice was just, it was laughable, you know. And the South African case was just based on all of the facts, and then Israel's case is just like spin, spin, twist, distort. South Africa is Hamas. Yeah. <laughs> fabricate, make up, talk shit, nonsense, doesn't make any sense. Anti-Semitism. Yeah, blood anti-Semitism, libel. blood libel. That's just, I mean, who's going to defend that, you know? Well, <clears throat> the German regime has a problem. The farmers slash truckers protests across Germany. Yeah. Um, still gridlock on many highways. Um, we'll see where that goes. But that's got a yellow vest feel to it. Or Freedom Trucker Convoy. Because um, that's, that's, that is new for Germany. It's happened in France, you know, episodically since the 1980s. It's almost fa- something French are famous for. Mm-hmm. But not in Germany. Getting up the protest, mm-hmm. they have to be really pissed. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh uh 
the other uh, the other domestic issue, especially for the United States, is uh, mass migration. Um, the text. What happened there? The Texas governor called in the National Guard to enforce border border control. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something to watch because Governor Abbott is criticized from the MAGA right as being, you know, he, he's all talk and no do, but um, Texas is, is I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what to think of Texas. Texas is, there's one analysis, I like it, um, I forget his name, um, Sean someone, who's like, you know, the deep state is... The U.S. Northeast, the establishment, is the CIA, but there's another strong component of it in Texas. The Texas oil millionaires and the connection with JFK and his assassination. Um, it's it's a tricky one. It, are they? Is it the state that would you know go all the way and secede or start a civil war or remember the Alamo? You know, mm-hmm. on the one hand, it seems to be. If there's if there's one source where you know a civil war type beyond just words start taking actions in defiance of Washington, mm-hmm. you'd think Texas. But I I'm not sure how far I want to go with that because I've I've heard the stories and seen the analysis about the extent to which Texas's own the, its own establishment is. Um, Hardcore, hardcore. It's it's it seems to be America first, but it's America first in the sense of America's empire first. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's obviously when 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 Abbott and the, the governor, the governor of Texas takes that um, takes that step, it's obviously pretty bad. Like the situation is pretty bad. Uh, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I mean. I mean, it's been a problem all along. The Biden administration for the past, basically for the past three years has been, uh, has been, has opened the gates, had a, have a policy of opening the gates to legal, legal immigrants into the US, you know, and it's like the same in Ireland like we've been talking about in previous shows and in other countries where it's just like local population um, aren't happy about it, you know, because a lot of them are staying, you know, a lot of them, are, if it's unfettered immigration, a lot of them are actually just staying in Texas, right? So Texas, Texas is bearing the brunt of it. The, 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 the country or the, the yeah. place in the country where where most of the immigrants are arriving are are, are at the at the front line of it, and they're they're like seeing Greece the effect. And Italy and Europe. Yeah, they're seeing the, the effect, and it's 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 a it's a real problem. And I mean, the fact they've held on this long is pretty remarkable. Like, but they obviously stepped in. The Abbott, the governor of Texas, stepped in and and sent the Texas National Guard in to basically <clears throat> um, to just put an end to it, at least for now, you know. Uh, they have denied access to the Border Patrol to actually do what they were doing, which was facilitate the movement of these immigrants in through, over the border and into whatever centres. And the National Guard has basically come and said, no, you're not getting in. Leave them on the other side. And it's going to get pretty ugly. Like, it's... The, 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 it's like people who really suffer in that are the, are the immigrants who are... Uh, for the past three years have been allowed, they and their families have been allowed to believe that, you know, they they have access to, to America via Texas. And now, as soon as that stops, then it's like, well, you have all these people who believe or are being told that you can get there and they're arriving at the border and they're basically 
they're literally thousands of miles away from someone thousands of miles away from where they actually live or where they came from and they're just going to live outside they're going to be homeless on the other side of the border and and it's getting going to get pretty cold over there. it's actually getting cold right now and it's going to be getting cold over the next few days you know uh, as far down as the the southern border you know mm-hmm. there's an arctic blast hitting the hitting many states most states in the US actually right now um, so it's bad juju the whole thing's just ridiculous it's just mismanagement it's just literal like almost deliberate you'd have to assume that it's deliberate mismanagement of the of the country by someone someone's deliberately mismanaging all the things that and, and doing the opposite of what you would a, a normal responsible person would do you know yeah the thing just to make to, to, to increase chaos basically to create, yeah. to create a shit show out of the whole thing somebody wants to create a shit show out on, on as many fronts as possible yeah you tell the people the age of abundance is over yeah we almost tighten our belts. Global warming means, you know, there's just not enough stuff to go around anymore. Yep. We're in, you know, the new normal. Everything since COVID. The greatest depression since the depression of the 1930s. Mm-hmm. At the same fucking time, you've got tens of thousands of people every month getting on airplanes. Somehow they're, they're paying like eight grand to basically um, migrant tourist agencies on TikTok or wherever they find them. And the whole package is included. The whole way is clear. They get the flight from Ghana. Mm-hmm. They land in Mexico. There's a bus waiting for them. Somewhere to stay along the way. Then you queue up and form your, you go with your group and your guides and over you go. And then they arrive there and they're happy as Larry. They know what comes next. They, they get processed and sent on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's organized. That's deliberate. That's mm-hmm. massive in scale. And people are trying to figure out why it is. What's, what's the point? Well, it's like, <clears throat> there's three, three possible explanations by level of conspiracy, if you know what I mean. One is, um, one is that it's just economic. Uh, where countries in question, America, European countries, elsewhere, government policy is bring in, bring in immigrants because they'll do the menial jobs and boost the economy because we've got jobs. We need people to fill them bring in immigrants and eventually they'll incorporate and eventually they'll take up these jobs and it'll boost the economy. We need people to actually run the economy so we need more people to bring them in. That's conspiracy. That's conspiracy light. It's not even a conspiracy because uh-huh. in fact they're open about that, uh-huh. right? Second yeah. one is particularly in America it's about uh, bringing in a bunch of uh, immigrants who are all going to vote Democrat. <laughs> so it's the Biden administration of the Democrats who are facilitating this in order to increase their voter base. And the third one would be just that someone wants to bring them all in to... Um, kind of dissolve or disrupt the established fabric of of a society of a country by bringing in lots of different people from from far away from very different cultures and very different but they don't speak the language very well and just to dilute uh, the the sense of identity that people have in that country to whatever extent they have it uh, because that makes them. And thus to, to dilute well, the re- well, any resistance against yeah, the it makes, regime. it makes them more pliable and more, more well, less, less unified, let's say. So but it's only increasing resistance against the regime. Well, that's what happens. When you can see that the fact that you can assume, you can infer the intended effect by, often you can infer the intended effect by the way people respond to it. You know what I mean? People respond, they see, they recognize, they take a blink at it and they say, look, this is, this is trying to, to destroy, quote-unquote, our way of life. So we're going to double down and reaffirm our way of life by becoming more right-wing, becoming far-right. 
you know that in New York, which is conservative, what and conservative is conserving your way of life, right? So, yeah, our, and our way of life is in many many of these countries is racially and ethnically um, kind of conspecific or racially and ethnically um, coherent, you know, uh, for for a long time. And immigration has the effect of diluting that down. And if it's not done in the right way, then people are gonna there's gonna be a pushback on it. Yeah, it's natural. It's obviously it's predictable. What are you going to do? You're going to browbeat those people, and I like, I like that that theory. It's it's counterinsurgency strategy. Hmm. The population the, the population's antsy about the regime. It has been since they elected Donald Trump. Hmm. You know, as a as a Molotov cocktail in a DC. Okay, we need to um, do serious countermeasures here. Yeah. Um, like in New York, I, I thought this was just Ireland and a few other places in Europe. They've requisitioned hotels. Mm-hmm. The, the government will pay the hotel in an indefinite contract, six months. All rooms are taken right. up. It's, Those are now full. And now they're requisitioning schools. The, yeah. the te- the, there's reports from New York boroughs where the kids will now be doing remote learning mm-hmm. a la COVID yeah. because the school is housing. Yeah. yeah. Immigrants, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's obviously government policy. I mean, they'll be op- yeah. open about that in places like Ireland and Germany and in the US. In the US, they haven't been fully open about it. Some people have, but it's clearly the same thing where it's like government policy. It's an organized program, like you said, with all the details in terms of facilitating the movement of these people from the country of origin into America. It's, de- it's government policy. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of money's thrown at it, you know. It's, a lot of money's been thrown at it by people who... Uh, a lot of money has been thrown at it, and people think that the person who is overseeing this is this guy. Well, I don't know how many people think that anymore, but this is a poll, ABC poll. Just 28% think that President, President Biden has the mental sharpness to effectively serve for another another term. So, But he's up for... They've put him forward. He is going to be the Democrat candidate for president this year. And only 20, 20%, at least in this poll, 20% of people in the country think <laughs> and it's like how smart do you have to be to, to draw that conclusion who are the 28 percent who thinks he is that's <laughs> well, what i want to know it's like ridiculous you know it's 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 written across his face literally in most of the videos that uh, videos of him and the way he answers that he's no longer mentally sharp enough or competent enough to actually be the president but the thing is the president of america as, and that's the same in most other western countries in particular the president is a figurehead so it doesn't matter if it's a doddering old fool who can't string a proper sentence together because he doesn't run the country anyway. He's not the commander-in-chief. That guy is a career politician who has, you know, um, his best years behind him. And he was good as a, just as a career politician, as a figurehead, to just stand up there and say, I am pre- I'll be president. I'll be, I'll be like your titular head while the country is run by an entire kind of... A, there's, an, there's an entire structure of... Behind and agencies, behind him NGOs, and, of course, yeah, intel agencies in general, tanks. career politicians, all that kind of stuff. They're the ones who run the country and have done for many, many, many years. And the only person of note in the past 60, 70 years who actually uh, decided that when he was elected president, he would actually be president and, and fulfill the duties of the president and, and, and use the power of the presidency to do things was Donald Trump. And you saw what happened to him. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. I mean, it's, this isn't rocket science. But people's brains are mush, literally. People's yeah. brains have to be mush. 
the whole world there out there is full of mush, mush brains, mush brain nonsense, you know. And um, did you good see job that? figuring it out? Good, I mean, good job, good job, good luck trying to figure it out uh, on a daily basis. What's going on? You really have to like. You have to take all of that into consideration. You know what I mean? You have to know how the world actually works to try and uh, draw any relatively accurate conclusions from any event that goes on. Like the Lloyd Austin thing we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, prostate cancer. Everybody thinks he has prostate cancer. That's a scandal. And a lot of American politicians are arguing about how, you know, trying to use it for political gain, essentially criticize the Republicans in particular, criticizing yeah. the Democrats, saying this is, you know, Austin needs to resign and <clears throat> what was Biden doing and this is ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. And they're oblivious to the fact that that's not what happened. Yeah. He was very likely severe, seriously injured in Ukraine. And it was covered up. And that's how the world works. Right. I mean, and like you said, you yourself said, the Russians probably do it as well. You know what I mean? There's evidence that the Russians just go whenever there's any suggestion that one of a high-level member of the Russian military might have been taken out by the Ukrainians, the Russians go quiet on it. It's... Why is that a conspiracy theory? Yeah. That's just, that, that's what, that's how it works. That's what you do. It makes complete sense from a military and political perspective to do that in this particular context. Context. So when you see an event like, like uh, Austin, when none of the official story makes any sense, well, you just go, well, he was probably injured in Ukraine. He's the Secretary of Defense. He was probably in Ukraine. Russia was firing hundreds of cruise missiles at decision-making centers. It's very likely he was taken out or, or was injured in one of those attacks. And the Pentagon concocted a story and fed it to the media, and the media ran with it and told the people, and everybody argues about that particular story when it's not true at all. Yeah. It's like an alternate reality. Literally, oh, you're living yeah, in a different yeah, yeah. reality. If you don't, if you go yeah. with that, you're in a different reality. You're they, living, they, you live in fake, moo-moo, made-up world that, and, and it doesn't actually have any foundation to it. Which is what they said of the Trump administration: <clears throat> alternative facts. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's it's 2024, which is U.S. election year. Yeah, the last U.S. election year, a global pandemic broke out yeah uh, did you see the interview between Tucker Carlson and Brett Brett Weinstein yeah he's he's thinking that the the, there's a re, uh, uh, they want to they want a rematch <clears throat> they want to do it again properly this time COVID 2 would, this it, would, it, it would be this year no election year COVID 2 this time it's Ebola oh, fuck I hope not um, he says well the thing to watch is that come come May uh, the WAP <laughs> I'm calling it the WAP the World Health Organization Pandemic Preparedness Plan which Weinstein says is called different names the, 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 it's hard to track because they keep they have their own usage internally you know but whatever it's supposedly it's an it's, it's sign, governments of the world signing up to this new WHO they're already in WHO but they're agreeing to an extension of the treaty some additional mm. Um, stuff like, you know, climate lockdowns, lockdowns for any reason, whatever. Not just lockdowns, but all kinds of, the best things that worked or, yeah, last time around, enshrined in law, there'll be no, like, second guessing. One state won't be saying, should we follow their measures or not? Well, we'll we'll pick and choose. We'll take a selection of them. It'll just be a uniform. Mm -hmm. Everyone's doing it at the same time. So I think he thinks May is the day to watch for because that's when it becomes active. 
I think mm-hmm. the governments have already signed onto it, but it uh, becomes operational in May. Uh, you know, that was my that's the ultimate conspiracy theory for the timing of COVID nineteen and the twenty twenty election, because what that enabled in the U.S. I know that's a, that's a little U.S. centric mm-hmm. to say that that was the crux of why then, but. Um, Probably there were geopolitical considerations as well, Ukraine being one of them, because remember, COVID ended when Putin said, enough of this shit, mm-hmm. SMO. Um, but the linchpin was probably, how do we stop Trump getting reelected? Mm-hmm. Because what it did is it provided the cover, and Trump saw it in real time and tweeted about it, it provided the cover for mail-in ballots, causing mm-hmm. the major snafu and mm-hmm. the five-day election night. Mm-hmm. Um I can double down on that. If they yeah. do that again, how easy it'll be to... They yeah. don't even need the migrants coming across the border. Here's your voter yeah. card. They just have... Yeah. It's all mail-in ballots. Yeah. There's a pandemic, so you can't go to a polling station in person. Well, it's Disease X, as, as you can see here, uh, Disease X is, um, is the name. X, because it could be anything. could come from anywhere. Who knows? Or, or everywhere at the same time. could come from Musk's lab. Well... X. So it's a name yeah. given by the World Health Organization, can cause another pandemic deadlier than COVID-19. Uh, Kate Bingham, who was the, um, mm, 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 she was on, she was the chair of the UK's vaccine task force from May to December 2020, said the new virus yeah, could, have sure. a, could have a similar impact <clears throat> to the devastating Spanish flu of 1919-1920. It could be a new agent, a virus, a bacterium or a fungus without any known treatments. We haven't made it up yet. Uh, but we're still working on it right now and don't worry, we'll be releasing it very soon. The thing about this is, these people blithely talk about this and does she not, is she not aware, are they all not aware that at this point, the general consensus is that COVID-19 was made in a lab and therefore it got out of a lab or was released from a lab? I mean, that, that is... So this is a confession, what she's... Here. No, she's not. It's not a confession. She's predicting another one without actually saying that. You know, I mean, how does she know? Because think clearly about it, like COVID nineteen was made in a lab and released by someone for the purpose of what it did. That's cause and effect. If 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 you see it was man made and it was released from a lab, then the results of it were probably anticipated, and all of the lockdowns and all the effects were anticipated. That's what they wanted. So you're dealing with people, and this is, and the World Health Organization was obviously intimately involved in all of that. And now the World Health Organization is predicting another one, a worse one. The reason, a reasonable conclusion is, they're going to release another virus from another lab. For it's a do-over. We'll do the same thing again. This time, we'll give it a little tweak and make it appear a bit worse. But at the end of the day, since it's made in the lab and it's human-made, it's. if they wanted to get like the Spanish flu, this time you will know someone on your street who drops dead from it. Because that was pretty yeah. much what happened yeah. in 1918-19. Yeah. You really did know Maybe. someone who was killed by it. It's hard to know. They, they themselves are playing with fire. They don't really know when they, when they do this kind of thing. They can't predict exactly the, the death toll and, the, and the, you know, the mutation of the virus and where it goes and how, if it gets worse or if it gets, if it gets you know, more, more virulent or less, usually gets less virulent. Um, and who it's going to take out, you know? <clears throat> I mean, it's, these people are crazy. We're living with crazy people, basically. People who have this, have, are planning this, <laughs> are just nuts, obviously. They just literally are insane people. Um, but again, it's all about control. Ultimately, everything is always about control. 
So I don't think the plan is to like wipe out 50% of the world's population or something like that. It'll likely be another um, <clears throat> another nothing burger as COVID was, but trumped up to be something super, super, super serious. And you'll have lockdowns and you know, maybe shut down of the airline industry, uh, serious problems with supply chain, uh, worse than last time. Um, and yeah, probably a significant death toll. And they'll do all the same thing things again where the policies uh, in response to this virus probably killed more people than the virus did. There's no reason to think that it wouldn't, that, that given it's the same people doing it, that the results won't be more or less the same. Uh, and there'll be, yeah, there'll be vaccines up the wazoo. It'll be like... Uh, they'll send vaccines to your home and you can vaccinate yourself, you know. You can stick them in... Stick him in every orifice uh, <coughs> multiple times, just to be sure. Um, but the good thing with this is this one is this will happen, and they've been working. Actually, there's a they're talking about as part of this World Health Organization. It's, there's a report in the BBC on Porting Down, which has a history actually of creating engaging engaging in gain of function research and. It, most notably in the it's I think it was the after US, the Second World War in the 1950s or 60s British they, Army they, yeah it was a British Army bio, bio weapons bio weapons lab basically. it's the Fort Detroit yeah, it's, yeah and they actually released in the 1950s or 60s I think they, they actually tested a bio weapon on, on a bunch of uh, civvies on, on a bunch of soldiers um, British soldiers who didn't know what they were volunteering for um, it's on can't remember the name of it actually, but it's on Wikipedia. Look up Porton Down. It'll be on Porton Down is the uh, is the name of the place, the bioweapons lab. And anyway, they're at the forefront. And the, there's an interview on BBC with one of the their chief scientific officer or whatever, and she was saying that they want to be able to get a vaccine out within a hundred days. Uh, COVID vaccine took about nine months or ten months, or whatever it was. Now they want to refine that down so within a hundred days. So if it, if they drop it this year sometime, maybe in the summer would be a good time during the Olympics, which are happening in Paris. <laughs> uh, and you've all sorts of international travel to Europe. And obviously you have a lot of international travel during the summer anyway in the Northern Hemisphere. Drop it around then. Everybody freaks out. Lockdown. And then within 100 days, within three months, so summer, July, August, September. By September, boom, everybody's going to be lining up for the super-duper jab, 100 days jab. It won't even have been tested on... Monkeys. <laughs> we are the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, it won't have been tested on fleas or, or, you know, flies, whatever it is, whatever's down down chain from from mice. You know what I mean? I mean, forget about it being tested on anything or anybody really. Um, in a hundred days, it's like just trust the science. Just trust. It looked good. It looked good in the lab. <clears throat> I didn't test it on anybody, but you guys, you know, you guys can do us do us a favor and, and well, line up and take it in the arm. S- Sir Anthony Fauci, Saint Anthony Fauci, it, for him it can't come soon enough. Um, oh, yeah. I, d- I don't know how extensive, again, it's Congress, no policing powers, but he was up before Congress for the House Select Committee on the coronavirus pandemic. Um, Do you see any footage of that? I've, mm. got, the, I've got this headline from it. Um, a New York Post reports, COVID six feet Social distancing sort of just appeared. Likely lacks scientific basis, Fauci admits. But late now, Fauci, you little, even little gnome. gnome. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I would maybe. I think I read that he sent his 
statement in. He didn't ha- actually have to turn up. I don't know. So, yeah, Fauci's not going to jail anytime soon, but um, still, he, he will be glad to see the heat off him by a new pandemic. Yeah. He's God. a pathological liar, that guy. Should be in prison. Absolutely should be in prison. Dobby. He's real-life Dobby out of... He's an evil Dobby out of uh, what he called Harry Potter. Anyway, uh, yeah, what else have we got? Do you think that's possible this year? An, a re- another bloody COVID pandemic. Well, take Lockdowns. your pick, you know. Escalation of the war in the Middle East. Um, new pandemic, quote-unquote pandemic. Uh, both would have similar effects on the global economy. Take a nosedive. Um, you've got chaos in the US very likely over the over the election whatever it happens you've got Biden like basically who's not competent to stand and who knows there's going to be some crazy shit going on like so many people are saying that they don't even know they can't explain what they think is going to happen but they have this feeling yeah it's in the air that this election is going to be mental I just year. it's like it's not going to happen that leading up to this election in the US uh, it's just something's going to break and there won't really be an election or there will be an election, but it'll just descend into absolute chaos. Um, and and <laughs> when you listen to them talking, they don't, they don't, they oh. can't say how or why exactly what, but just, the, and these are, this is politicians saying this, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, the root of it is that one side <coughs> just will not submit to the peaceful transfer of power mm. to Trump. That's the root of it. And they'll do whatever it takes. They will wreck the United States and thus the world if rather than see that happen. They'll start another pandemic rather than see that happen. Mm-hmm. They'll, kill, they'll kill some of their own and their own children rather than see that happen. Well, they may not realize that, but that is kind of the mm. thing that can backfire on them. I, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, they're all mad. I got, uh, the madmen. All of them, the whole, the whole, every government. Jesus Christ, France this week. Yeah, oh, the geez. new French no. okay, prime minister. Okay, better say something about France. Yeah, go on. France has a new prime minister. Well, it's not so much. It's like the United States. The president is the chief executive, but the prime minister has some powers. You know, especially in liaison with the French Parliament, Assemblée Nationale. So. He gets in a new prime minister. He's barely had a portfolio himself. So he's been a minister of something banal for six months. His name's Gabriel Attal. He's 34. He's gay. And his ex-husband, well, they're calling him husband. He's not quite sure. It's a civil marriage, whatever. A husband. (laughs) Who he was with for four years has just been named, and this guy has no involvement or experience in the French government, he's just been named France's foreign minister. Stéphane, what's his name? Séjourné? It, it's... Uh, did, I, did I get that right? He's the new foreign minister of France. Mm-hmm. As named, of course, by the new prime minister, his ex... Um, it's it's clown shoes. It's cl- clown shoes in French. What is that? What's clown shoes in French? It's 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do I have a word for clown shoes? Um, yeah, so Gabrielle, his first name's Gabrielle, right? Gabrielle Atal. Atal. Um, 34 years old. Um, Youngest ever. Protégé of Macron. Macron is gay, closet homosexual. Yeah. Doesn't want to tell anybody. He's married to a woman who's old, old enough to be his mother. He never had sex with her. Um, they have no children. He doesn't like her. But she, you know, she's good for taking out for uh, for photo ops and stuff. And um, is she? Ga- <laughs> Ga- well, not really. She's not really that good. But it'll do. You know, it's just a well. He, look, she organizes only one, she's, the, she she's the only one that he could get to actually pretend to marry him or, or to pretend to be his wife, <laughs> right? Because she maybe she's a bit clueless. Whatever. Maybe she doesn't know that he's gay. I'm sure she has figured it out now. But maybe she. Wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt or something, and maybe change or whatever. But anybody younger or around his own age, any girl, w- woman would have been like, "Look, dude, you're gay. What do you ask me to marry you for? I'm not going to marry you. You're gay." <laughs> so, um, I had to get an older lady who was a little bit more, you know, maybe not as you know aware of these things. Anyway, so he has uh, Brigitte, uh, his his granny wife, his granny pretend wife, and Emmanuel Macron has all sorts of gay liaisons and affairs and all that kind of stuff. Has done for most of his life, and. Um, Likes dark-skinned boys, um, as seen in pictures when he was in Haiti and Dominican Republic and stuff. Um, so he's got a protege. Macron has a protege, ten years younger than him. Gabriel Attal, also gay, his gay friend, basically his younger gay friend, and in a shake-up of the government, in order to justify to make it seem like Macron's government is worth anything, or to to offset, you know popular uh, popular opinion turning decidedly against Macron he decided to bring in a new Prime Minister, shake up the government bring in a new Prime Minister and it'll be my young gay friend who has been my kind of protege and I've brought him up through the ranks and make him Prime Minister, he has no experience what's really relevant experience at all, he has no clue he's totally wet behind the ears and and that'll be good and it'll, off, it'll stop the far right you know what I mean it'll, it'll, I don't know, it'll stop the far right or something in France, whatever. Here's a new prime minister. He's my young gay friend with no experience. He'd be prime minister of France, prime minister of France. Uh, and then I'll let the young gay prime minister friend of mine, uh, or young gay friend of mine be prime minister, and he can decide who he wants in the cabinet. So the first thing the young gay prime minister friend of Macron <laughs> says is, I'm going to make my former husband, who I just uh, got divorced from, but it's complicated. I mean, I might get back together with it's him. It's an open relationship. It's an open relationship. Anyway, I'm going to make him secretary of defense. And he's younger than me. But he's foreign minister. Oh, sorry, he's going to be foreign minister. Uh, so he's going to take care of the situation in Ukraine, um, and he's going to sort it all out. And once he was asked what was his qualifications for being a foreign minister, he says, "Well, you know, uh, I, I kind of grew up a lot of my my youth. I grew up in Spain, so um, I, I know I, I know about Spain, which is just you know, he, next door to France." He said. Yeah, he said, I've lived abroad. Yeah, I went, so I, I went on holiday I know what it's, I know I have a sense of what France is like as seen from the outside. Yeah, yeah. That's my experience. Yeah. The same kind of experience you get when you go on holiday from your, host, from your local country, you know? Uh, and his first job, he's off to Kiev. Oh, Jesus, Russia. Yeah. If there was ever a time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it. He's been on holiday, so he knows about foreign policy. Yeah. Uh, he knows about foreign things. So anyway, um, who is that dude? That's him. That's Stefan Sergei. No, I'm, thinking, I'm looking at my Twitter here. 
<laughs> some 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 dude, some NAFO dude didn't like uh, one of my posts. Well, they tend not to. <laughs> uh, check this out. Anyway, that on the France thing, that that guy is uh, this. What we've just described about France is, is another example. We just mentioned Biden and him being like senile and all that kind of stuff, and nobody believing that he's fit to run, to, to, to run for president and fit to be president, but he's running anyway. And we said it was an example of the fact that those people don't actually run the country. They're just titular heads. They have no real influence in the country. Well, there's another example in France. Not this, I'm sure, not this tweet, but we were just talking about France. Mm. The fact that Macron can shunt in some guy with no experience to be prime minister, and then he can he can uh, he can hire his uh, his ex boyfriend or his ex husband uh, to be foreign minister is evidence that they have no authority. the overt yeah. Members of government of a cabinet of government yeah. don't actually run the country at all because, no. like, literally, those people can't run the country. Somebody has to be advising them. They have no clue whatsoever. Yeah. You, the, when your foreign minister's experience for being a foreign minister is, I went on holidays once. Anyway, back to the tweet. Yeah. And that's been the case since COVID, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, just, I kind of threw that together, and uh, this dude was like, "Tas, we are number one at spreading Kremlin bullshit," and then he puts me in. Hold my vodka. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tweet. And the first first response was mad because it's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I just saw that. I just thought I'd share that. Yeah. Well, Pekka, Pekka must be from Finland. In Finland, we don't like Russians. <laughs> uh, we like Nazis and invading Russia. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we only invade the one... You know, Nazis are behind us. Hmm. Yes, Becca. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I don't know. We have to understand people. You know, we, we've said this for quite a long time whenever we're doing these shows. is like <laughs> asking us to comment on this stuff is, what's the analogy I used to use? It was like asking me to go to the circus and forget that it's a circus. And take it seriously. And take it and comment seriously yeah. on what's going on at the circus, as if it's really life and death situation. I mean, okay, that analogy only goes so far, but it's like <laughs> it's just so transparently a farce. The whole thing is a joke. It's a deadly farce, obviously, because people are dying and suffering, and it's not good, and it's going to be difficult. But the idea that we would sit here and you know. It's, I suppose it's okay that we sit here and point this out. My, my main gripe is that we have to point this stuff out. Do you know what I mean? That it's not self-evident to any single well, person. Well, some things have to be worked out. Or a few we, things. Well, all of it does because it's, it's all, it's either slanted or it's outright BS. Um, and so you want to because if you if you don't, you can normalize it. Mm. Even even we can become suspect to the same normalization bias that, that anyone has when they just passively see a headline. Oh, the U.S. Defense Secretary is in the hospital. Oh, that's why I haven't seen him. Mm. Life carries on. Mm. But the import of a more likely scenario, mm. the importance of it, is that it, it will... Can you imagine if they report? Just imagine in the US if they, for one day, decided, like in the movie, liar, liar, just to tell the truth. Mm. Okay, so Lloyd Austin went on a covert mission to Ukraine and the Russians nearly killed him. Yeah. 
Okay, there you go. No, America, that'll be like fucking no more funding tonight. That's it. Stop. Stop all flights out of the Pentagon. Blockade the damn place. Blockade the ports if you have to, because the import, people in their, at least in their imaginations, or in their understanding of how the mythological world worked, if you got to the point of assassinating assassinating each other's leadership, Mm -hmm. nukes were next. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so the importance, the significance, the urgency of the moment would be like, hey, no, no more bullshitting, stop. The pressure to stop the war would be just off the charts. Mm -hmm. So you want to just eat it up, normalize, give them some story, it's okay. Make sure the money keeps flowing, make sure the ports keep sending the missiles, you know. Yeah, because it's all about money, right? Money and playing with fire. Mm-hmm. So you point out that they're playing with fire. So people have a sense of urgency about the situation. I suppose we're a bit different than most most people who will comment on clown clown world and try to toothify it. Are really invested in fixing the damn thing and getting the right man into office and turning the ship of state around. Whereas we've kind of broken from that in the sense that the ship of state is so riddled. Yeah. It's so far gone. It's going where it's going. And just trusting that, telling the truth as best we can about the situation will galvanize people to divest themselves emotionally from it. You still have to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's or, mm-hmm. or you're in trouble. Don't anyone get any you know crazy ideas about becoming a martyr. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. It's not even worth doing that because for what? You've gone down as a martyr and then and then what? The ship of state's still going down, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's clown shoes. We're here to mock it <laughs> and truthify it and, uh, and predict it, if possible. Predict how bad it'll be and how, <laughs> when, when it'll happen, the bad stuff. But it's good to know. It's also, it, it's, that's, it's an act of psychic self-defense as well. You, you do, in a way, the thing they said about conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists, their, their, their pop psych um, interpretation of it isn't wrong, which is, you remember this one. This was from um, Samantha Power's husband. I forget his name. He himself was a psychologist, I think. Cass Sunstein. Cass Sunstein. Sunstein. He's not the only one to say this, but so what happens is people get disillusioned, and then they want to they want to create a new narrative Mm -hmm. about events or macro narrative about the world because it helps them feel better about themselves. It calms that. Well, that's not wrong. Yeah, it's 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 it is indeed an alternative narrative. But it's using the same facts, not alternative facts where necessarily where there's a real fact for theirs and a real fact for ours. Mm-hmm. No, it's the same pool of facts that everyone's drawing from with which to make their narratives. Right. What's happening in our time is their narratives are becoming so – they're coming very poor. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a function of the extent to which people believe in them, their faith. Yeah. Belief, and if belief is falling and falling and falling, the narratives are going to naturally become worse, and the lies to sustain it, to keep it up floating, become worse and worse. But people fall away from it. And eventually, it collapses. Yeah, and then you're left with nothing. There will be a time 
soon, I think when there's like natural disasters and people will be standing around going, where's the government? They seem to be ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. They were all over my internet, my bank accounts, my job. The government was everywhere. It was in my head and my thoughts. It, it's, it's everywhere. They told us they're everywhere and they're going to look after us. And then a shit's going to happen and they're going to be like, it's going to be crickets. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the reality. That they, they wanted you to think that they're in their head or by your side or right with you all the way, baby. They're not. They, they're just getting what they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and I think, I think they know that. I think they know that. Well, who's they? I think most people in government now have a sense that it's every man for himself. The, the, it's described in ponerology, like as a pathocracy gets worse and worse, um, the last thing holding it up are the few believers mm-hmm. in the system who who actually do the they they do everyone a disservice yeah. because they're helping sustain the illusion that are that are, you know the original mythos. We can return to it. Uh, yeah. They're the yeah, they're the ones dragging their feet basically. But everybody in their own time, I suppose you know, and I suppose it takes a, it takes some people longer than others. There's not much you can do about it. But all right, okay. we'll leave it there. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah. What's going on in the chat room there? <clears throat> Nothing. I think they're discussing a few things. British British boots in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I. It did sound like that's what the British government was tying up with Kiev. But as Joe said to me when I told him what the terms of the the, the new pact what were, it's like, yeah, they'll say they'll say that to each other, you know, for now. But it's it's just. Next year, Ukraine could be a totally different place. The, the, the reality Russia is imposing there. Yeah, these people are all living for the moment, you know. They talk big and talk, say all the right words, but behind it, it's just ultimately money-making and power and control and trying to create chaos. They don't care. They're living. They're, they're doing that thing that everybody's, meant, everybody's told to do, you know, live in the moment. Mm. But they live in a moment that's supremely self, self-absorbed is the problem, you know what I mean? They see nothing beyond themselves and their own needs and wants, you know. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Did you know that I used to play the piano by ear? Yeah, wow. You're talented. Yeah, I use my hands now. But Anyway, <laughs> um, on that funny note, we're going to leave it there for this week, folks. Thanks for listening, watching, and commenting, etc. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, have a good one. See ya. See you next week. Bye. Can't stop the signal now.